Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you enjoy from my cigar-smoking friend, Dennis Prager. I do not, I do not suspect, I do not believe, I accept the fact of the corruption of some of the elite parts of the United States government, including the FBI leadership, CIA, Department of Justice, and the like. That has come to light. The New York Times, quote-unquote, revelation of Friday night that they have investigated President Trump from the beginning as a, as a sus- suspect in collusion with the US, USSR. <laughs> Amazing. It's, it's a true Freudian slip because I think of Putin as a Soviet agent. As an example, when they denied the whole time, the man, one of the, one of the people, one of the handful of people who knows all of this extremely well, this whole situation and has written about it, and I had him on when he wrote, when the book just came out, that is the Russia hoax. It's now out in paperback, incidentally. He's Fox News legal scholar. Greg Jarrett. So, uh, Greg, thanks for coming on. And it's my pleasure. Always great talking to you. That's kind. When I said to my audience just now, I accept the fact, et cetera, et cetera, is is that a fair statement? It is. And, you know, this New York Times story is the latest proof that senior leadership at the FBI was corrupt and dishonest. And the notion of Trump as a covert Russian agent is ludicrous on its face. Uh, their launching of the probe was an egregious abuse of power because, Dennis, they had no probable cause, no evidence, no reasonable suspicion. Uh, the, the FBI has become this all-powerful agency run by rogue officials careening dangerously out of control. And this is what happens. When you give an agency unfettered authority, accountable to nobody, they become ruthless, abusive, and corrupt. Shocking. That is a shocking consequence of, of power that is not limited. <laughs> when did the Lord Acton live and said power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely? I mean, this, this is the right. – it's an inevitability. But you know – if anybody knows this, you know this, but I'm not sure you know this. When did this begin? When at the, Was there a point when the FBI became political? Yeah, I think it, uh, it developed slowly uh, but inexorably uh, in the leadership of uh, Barack Obama's Department of Justice, first with Eric Holder, then Loretta Lynch. And it seeped into the FBI under the leadership 
of James Comey and his Confederates, Andrew McCabe, Lisa Page, uh, Peter Strzok, James Baker, James Rubicki, all of the people that have either been fired or left in advance of being fired. Um, but but this is, you know, this is what happened. They had a preferred candidate, uh, Denison, you know, it was Hillary Clinton. And they couldn't abide by the notion that that Donald Trump won. And they became even angrier when he fired their own James Comey, even though it was for just cause. Um, and so they decided to take action. And they, in an act of vengeance for the firing of Comey, um, they began this counterintelligence investigation as if he was a puppet of the Kremlin and Vladimir Putin, which, again, is preposterous, and they had no evidence of it. But they did it, Dennis, because they could. Right. So uh, there... I'm a big fan, as my listeners know, of clarity. I want to. I want to be clear here. Didn't the Democrats have anger at Comey because the, oh, yeah. I mean, it's they also contend that he threw he threw the election. That's right. Um, and so you know, immediately after uh, Comey uh, under duress, by the way, well, that's a whole another story. Reopened the Hillary Clinton case just before the election. Uh, every Democrat in Washington was was howling that Comey should be uh, fired or impeached, and uh, you know so you know the the irony, as you point out, is lost on on nobody here. Right. So they they weren't in love with Comey. They were in love with using Comey's firing as a pretense to investigate the president. That is absolutely right. And they knew that they couldn't just come out and say, you know, we're investigating the president as a Russian agent because we're angry uh, at him. So they had to come up with a pretext. So they invented one, obstruction of justice. And they accused Trump of trying to impede the FBI's collusion investigation based on a couple of comments he made. But a rigorous reading of those comments shows the president was not trying to obstruct anything at all. So it was a you mean like pretense. like will you be loyal to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or as the New York Times pointed out, the letter he wrote to Comey saying thank you for telling me three times that I'm not personally being investigated for Trump Russia collusion. Now, uh, how is that obstruction of justice? Only in a twisted, contorted mind could it be. Uh, no, no, that's, it's an absurdity. Let me understand something about the timing is a little unclear to me. When James Comey said you are not being investigated, was he telling the truth? He said he was. He was asked this during his uh, testimony before Congress. And he wait, 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 I'm sorry. He said, he, wait, I didn't understand your answer. He said he was what? Uh, he said he was telling the truth to the president that uh, Trump was not being personally investigated, right. not the subject of the investigation. Oh, okay. Trump begged him, please put this out publicly right. because right. You know, I'm, I'm getting beat up over this. Right. And Comey, who wanted to you know, keep his shoe leather on the neck of Trump, refused to do it. Why couldn't – and the president was not in a position to publicize that? 
It well, in to... retrospect, I think he should have. He should have issued a public statement saying, you know, Director Comey has told me this. I'm, I'm just curious. I don't understand what what would have stopped him. Is Was there any legality involved that this was told to him uh, uh, in private and, and had to remain a secret? I don't understand what what prevented the president from publicizing this. Well, there there are no limits on the president for disclosing information. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think happened? You know, I I I think he was trying to get Comey uh, to tell the truth, and Comey uh, didn't want to do it. And maybe the president was being advised: you really can't come out and say this yourself. Um, but I think uh, the president finally got fed up with James Comey. Right. And look, Rod Rosenstein, the uh, deputy attorney general, the guy who volunteered to author the firing memo for, for the reasons stated therein. Yeah. Uh, rank misconduct, usurpation of power, insubordination, the list goes on and on. And uh, the, the, the craziness of this is that after Comey was fired and Rosenstein's memo comes out and is made public, Rosenstein starts getting heat. So Rosenstein, in a fit of anger, uh, decides to not only appoint a special counsel in retaliation for Comey's firing, but he starts recruiting, uh, according to the New York Times, cabinet members to depose the president under the 25th Amendment. I mean, you can't make up such treachery if you're a dime novelist. But you, uh, just so to analyze that more precisely, Rosenstein was under, you said, intense pressure from whom? Democrats. Uh, uh, Rosenstein knew that Comey deserved to be fired. He bungled. Yes, exactly. He wrote the memo. Yeah, go on. That's right. Yeah, go on. What he didn't expect is that the memo would become public. The president made it public. And that Democrats on Capitol Hill would begin to ridicule, condemn, and demean uh, Rosenstein. You know, Rosenstein. And, you know, he's. He's sort of a thin-skinned, weaselly kind of guy. Okay, so he okay, so he went along not out of conviction, but because he he doesn't want to be attacked in the New York Times. That's right. Would you say, Greg, possibly that it's the greatest hoax in American history? Oh, I do. In fact, uh, in the preface, I say precisely that this is one of the dirtiest tricks ever in uh, modern American politics, and maybe in all of American politics for more than 200 years. Uh, I mean, it, they, they invented this out of thin air. Uh, they did it originally to damage the candidacy of Donald Trump, as I explained in the book. But then, when he unexpectedly won, they doubled down. And they said, we are going to undo the election results and drive him from office because we don't like him personally. We don't like him politically. We disagree with his politics and policies. And, you know, again, this is a rogue agency that has become all-powerful, uh, is essentially accountable to no one. Their only boss is the deputy attorney general who was in bed with them, Rod Rosenstein. Uh, he was all on board in trying to bring down Trump. I mean, when you're talking to people at the White House, trying to get them to wear wires 
to talk to Trump and, and gain some incriminating information. Whose idea was that? It was Rosenstein's idea. So, but you... And, and he okay. admits it, but says his excuse is, I was just kidding. I was being sarcastic. Okay, well, yeah, baloney. No, 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 FBI, no, please. Okay, nobody believes that. But is, so I want to understand another aspect of this. How, is, is Rosenstein's animating impulse weakness or leftism? Well, it's it's probably both. He should never have been hired as the deputy attorney general. Who, hi- who hired him? His, well, it was a recommendation by Jeff Sessions, who received a recommendation from somebody else. But all you have to do is look at Rosenstein's track record. He was the U.S. attorney in Baltimore. His longtime mem- mentor is one of the most liberal members of the U.S. Senate ever, Barbara Mikulski. Um, and so, you know, but nobody at the White House did their due diligence. No kidding. Jeff Sessions, look, you know, Jeff that's Sessions. How you end up with a guy like yeah, that. Jeff Sessions know? had never been attorney general. We lost an Alabama Agreed. Senate seat. He, he was great in that role and terrible in the second role. It's just it's the way human life right. goes. Okay. Tell me, what what is your assessment of the motivating or animating impulse of, of Comey? Well, Comey is, you know, is one of the most vainglorious people you will ever meet. Um, he'd walk a mile for a camera, egomaniacal, holier than thou. Um, as I mentioned in the book, if you read his uh, book, A Higher Loyalty, um, it reads like a Harlequin romance, except the protagonist is in love with himself. Uh, I mean, it's really well. At like least it's gender neutral. <laughs> he, this is a guy um, who has been corrupt from the beginning. He is engaged in uh, acts that are in violation of a myriad of laws. He he's the first one who signed off on a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign, based on a dossier that he knew was fabricated. And, and is on record as having said it was unverified. It's still unverified. It's, it's against the law to conceal evidence and deceive uh, judges. It's called a fraud on the court, and Comey was all on board. He's the one that put that in motion. In, in dissecting the issue of this power unto itself, a.k.a. a deep state, please give me the role of James Brennan. John Brennan. John Brennan, CIA director uh, during the Obama years, is a longtime Clinton promoter and sycophant. Um, it, when he saw the threat of Donald Trump, he was the one who first began to promote the phony dossier. Uh, in what um, position? He was in what position then? He was CIA director. At the moment, that it's very important that people uh, know that. Go right. on. He was told of the dossier by Fusion GPS, which had been hired by Hillary Clinton and retained the British spy, uh, Christopher Steele, who composed this phony document. Brennan was the instigator. He took that document, went up to Capitol Hill and convinced Harry Reid, a Democratic senator, to pen a letter about it uh, to James Comey. Comey already knew about it, of course. But that, the point of the letter was to leak it to the media 
to get out information about the dossier to damage Trump before the election. It didn't work the first time around. It was leaked to the media, but only the Washington Post picked up on it. So then Reid sends another letter. This time, a few more in the news media picked up on it and ran with it, but it never gained traction because most people, the media especially, never thought Trump would win. So why bother? Mm-hmm. So James Brennan, together with uh, John Brennan, together with James Clapper, the director of national intelligence, these were the two instigators and leakers of the phony dossier. Who appointed John Brennan? Well, Barack Obama appointed John Brennan, although he previously worked for Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. which is that thus establishes okay, so long back to my Hillary and Bill. Back to the question I've asked about all the other protagonists. In his case, I think more than a weakness or herd instinct or vainglory, I do believe left-wing dogma or doctrines animate him. Animate, I'm sorry, who? Brennan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) this is a guy who actually voted for the Communist Party ticket and yet became CIA director. It is beyond belief. Go figure. It is beyond. I mentioned that on the show, and it is stunning. It is just stunning. Have you heard how it has been covered when the president was asked this despicable question, are you a Russian agent? I want you to hear, I want you to hear your arrival from CNN. This will take 30 seconds. This is Anderson Cooper, who, who is not one of the worst on CNN in terms of overt bias. But listen to the Orwellian way in which the president is attacked for this question. Here it goes. Today, the president of the United States stepped in front of cameras on the South Lawn of the White House and denied ever working as an agent of a hostile foreign power. I never worked for Russia. And you know that answer better than anybody. I never worked for Russia. Not only did I never work for Russia, I think it's a disgrace that you even asked that question because it's a whole big fat hoax. It's just a hoax. You can say almost anything after that and it would not be hype. An American president on national television doing what no American president has ever had to even contemplate doing, which is deny he provided aid and comfort to a dangerous adversary, which has just carried out an attack on the country that he himself now governs. I mean, the thing speaks for itself. The thing speaks for itself. They ask the question, he denies it, and then the CNN, and the same thing happened on on MSNBC, the, the CNN correspondent says... Wow, no president ever had to do this. Speaks for itself. Well, you know, Anderson Cooper and many at CNN are so blinded by their own blatant bias that they really have trouble thinking with their brains. And it comes across in their coverage. And so, you know, it it's no surprise. And, you know, Anderson Cooper, you know, doesn't know much of history. If you read Ron Chernow's great book of George Washington, he was accused of being a British agent uh, when he signed the uh, Treaty of Neutrality during his second term. Uh, Madison and uh, Jefferson, by the way, were the ones behind that accusation. Uh, So, you know, presidents from time to time. 
but but the whole uh, thing. Wait, but forgive me. What if I screamed out when Anderson Cooper left and had a video camera on? Anderson Cooper, did you molest children? So yeah. then I could say, look at that. The first national correspondent ever to have to deny that he molested children. I know. I, you know, it's 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 the silly season all year round now on CNN and MSNBC and, well, you know, some of the other networks. What are well. they going to do when the report comes out? And, and, you know, whatever it says, there's this I this is. All right. Let me give you my prediction. And I almost never make predictions. And, and please react. What is it doesn't matter what the report will say. There will be enough to say, while well, while there is no absolute proof, the report does indeed give all of this evidence that there was collusion. That is how the press will report it. You're right. Um, there, there will be no proof of collusion, but the team of partisans that Mueller assembled will surely provide sufficient gruel for the rabid media and, you know, the Democrat Trump haters so that they will run crazy through the halls of Congress with their hair on fire screaming impeachment, holding up the document. Um, but I suspect when you dig down deep, there'll be no real there there. Exactly. Well, folks, if you want to understand it, the book is The Russia Hoax. Thank you, my friend Greg. You are a pleasure to talk to. Dennis, my pleasure always. It's very kind. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming to you today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, where they're preparing leaders for the public square. Application deadline for fall classes is June 15th. It might be the right step for you or a recent college graduate in your life. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today.